Good morning, my friends. Good morning. A four minutes late. Okay. On a podcast, that's a lot, like four hours late. Okay. Just a minute on a podcast is equivalent to an hour, but it doesn't matter because last night, as I was reading the chapter on force field analysis of Stephen Covey, uh, this is the podcast, The Millionaire of the Diamonds. I'm celebrating my 40th year in multi level marketing business. We just closed our 2021 at 50 million. Dollars. Let's do it again, guys. Okay. Like every time I say it, it's like unreal. I don't know how to explain it to you guys. Like we're we're not living here in uh, in Argentina where there's 280 million people. Like we're we're dealing here with a population of 35 million people. Like Melanie Miller, Marie Pierre Tetro. It's like going. Oh my gosh. Okay. Now, why last night's reading? which is in Stephen Covey's book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Habit Number Six, Synergy or Synergize. Uh, the, the chapter was is called Force Field Analysis, really talked loud to me, is because I understand that we were able to go from ordinary to extraordinary, Melanie, because subconsciously and out of experience only, we use force field analysis. And I was saying to Jean-Philippe this morning in the mastermind, because we always meet for 15 minutes with with Sabrina and Jean-Philippe, I said, if I had known, if I had known this at age 30, if I had the tools that Marie-Pierre is going to give to you at age 30, and if I understood the examples that Melanie Miller, Dr. Melanie, you know Melanie Miller, you will always be called Dr. Melanie Miller on this podcast. They need to know you have a doctorate's degree. Where could I have been in 2021? It's, it, you know, it, it, it's a rhetorical question in the sense we won't know the answer, but I do know knowledge is power. And I do know that knowledge is an accelerator. And for sure, for sure, maybe, just maybe the 280 million would have been hit already. But it's never too late. And we're doing this chapter at a very important point in my career as a multi-level marketing leader, because this year we decided it's going to be a legendary year. And the only way it's going to be legendary is by using force field analysis. So let's take it away. Monique, my friend, are you leaning in? Dorothy, are you leaning in? My Anglo directors, why? I'm specifically speaking to you. The success of the $280 million of sales in 2022 is totally dependent on the English side of Canada. So this is why I'm looking at you, my girlfriends, and saying, okay, let's see what we can do with this chapter. So let's take notes and see how we can implement it in our business. And for families out there that you have like teenagers, 13 years old, 14 years old, 15 years old, okay. Very important tool, very important tool to have synergy in the home. Because I remember when the kids were 13, 14, 15, 16, where they thought they knew, but they didn't know. Okay. And it starts creating, you know, heads that, 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 um, hit together. All right. So force field analysis is decision making with the intent to have a win-win result. Okay. It's decision making with the intent to have win-win result. Do you understand that it's not easy? 
written in a sentence, oh, that's easy. No, 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 no. It isn't easy because there's always two forces at, uh, two invisible forces that play when it comes to decision making. Okay. But before I go to the two, two forces, it will take, first of all, a very secure leader. A very secure mother, a very secure father, a very secure, you know, CEO to be able to implement a win-win force field decision making. Because if the leader is not secure, it will downward word, word, word spiral. Okay. So it will take a secure leader where number one, the ultimate goal he or she understands is to win-win. So you're going to have to implement habit number four. So if you don't have the book, listen, all this information is on Google. So you got to read habit number four. Number two, the leader, where the leader wants absolutely to understand the other point of view. Okay. Now, just this being said, can you understand how unsecure leaders do not have the capacity to sit there and totally Listen to what you're saying, Dorothy. It takes a very confident leader and say to the brain, shut up, I'm listening to Dorothy. Because what the brain will have a tendency to do in immature leaders is start going while you're talking, preparing my answers, preparing what I'm going to say instead of listening. And number three, where the leader knows and understands that there is his way, there is your way, and there's always a third way. Now, honestly, just having said this, did you see how all of a sudden to implement force field analysis is not an easy task? Okay, it is not. And always remember that visual that Stephen Covey gives us, the old lady or the young lady, same black lines, same white lines, depending of depending the paradigms we were, we were raised with is going to help you're going to see the, the old lady and I'm going to see the young lady. Okay. There are two forces at play when making decision. Number one, the driving forces. Okay. Those are generally positive forces, reasonable for the re reasonable forces, the logical forces, the conscious forces and the economic forces. You know, you got to make money at the end of the day. Right. Okay. And then there's a second force, which is negative, but is it really? You'll see in a few seconds, which is the restraining forces. Don't forget that he talks about that being different is not negative. <laughs> okay. So restraining, that's why I love the word restraining forces, which are often negative, seen as negative, emotional. When people get upset and start raising their voices, ever talk to your kids and all of a sudden go, Okay. I mean, what do you want to do there as a parent? Walk away. Walk away. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your time. Illogical. There's no common sense. You know, like, like one of my directors that did a live and she says, I can't wait in 2022 to go back in your homes and host Tupperware parties. I, I, I said, did you really say that lie? Like, hello? Did you see the COVID situation? Do you know what COVID has done? Has made us all antisocial. And before that comes back, it's going to take a couple of years. Anyways, let's go on. Okay. Unconscious and psychological 
and social issues. Like you're dealing with people that sometimes are suffering from depression and you don't know it. Like, I mean, there's so much at play in restraining in the restraining forces, but both forces are needed to, to take, you need to take both forces into account when dealing with change. And they're good. Believe it or not, they are good. Okay. We need to create. So what do we do as a leader, as a mom, as a dad? We create an atmosphere where everyone has to feel safe about talking of, about either forces, what they hate about my rules in the family, what they like about my, like they can't be, you know, I keep saying this to Mohammed, we're very different parents. We're, diff, we're different in a way of raising our children. Like we have a common denominators, but there's an aspect that my children don't feel safe when they talk about certain things with their dad. Do you understand? As certain times they don't feel safe with me when they talk about certain things with me. So, you know, it's a work in prose, guys. So we need to create an atmosphere where everyone feels safe about talking about these forces, creative insights. You've got to involve others in the problem, make them all soak up and feel what the issue is. Okay, let's talk about your messy room. It's not her problem. It's not my problem. It's our problem. Any parents relate here? Okay. Make, make them all soak up. Make them the important part of the solution. Okay. This will create now goals and everything becomes more positive. And ultimately, we create a culture of a new way of doing things. Wow. That was pretty easy for me to write, Melanie Miller. But honestly, without a tool provided by Marie-Pierre Tetro, I don't see how you can learn this in, in one year versus me that it took me 10, 15 years to understand how to do this. So Marie-Pierre, my astronaut, is going to take it away in step two. Thank you, Maria. So yes, I will start with the step for using the, that tool of the analysis of the force field. So before I start, I want to make sure that everyone shared a podcast this morning. So make sure that if you are on Podbean, you share because it gives you heart. And you know that at the end, at the end of the month, we do a draw for conditioning program. So everyone that gets hearts during the month, you are in the draw at the end of the month. And on Facebook, make sure when you share to always add a comment so people will know why they should listen to the podcast. So thank you for everyone that shared because we have that big vision of building a thousand millionaire. And it's with your help when you share every morning that we can achieve to build that big community that always level up. So thank you for sharing. If it's not done, it's the time to do it. So let's start with the step number one. So you will see there's six steps for this analysis. So step number one is assess the current situation. So you need to start by discussing the current situation of the organization in terms of the issue at hand with the key stakeholders. So this may include uh, determining where you are at, the challenge you are facing, due to the issue you are trying to solve, the reaction of the team member, etc. So it's also important to clarify where you want to go or the desired state you want to achieve with the initiative. So at the same time, consider what will take place if you fail to take action to change the current situation. So here you can do a quick analysis that they call SWOT. <laughs> it's really funny. S-W-O-T. <laughs> 
So in this analysis is to understand what strength, so the S is strength, you can use to overcome the existing threats. So that's the T, threats, and see how you can work on overcoming weaknesses, the W, weaknesses, and take advantage of the present opportunities. O is opportunities. So S, strength, W, weaknesses, O for opportunities, and T for threats. So that's the quick analysis you can do to assess the current situation. And we go in step number two, is define the objective. So this uh, next step is to really identify the expected outcome of the change initiative. So once you have clearly defined the goals, write them on a piece of paper to really uh, understand what is the objective. And we go in step number three, is identify the driving forces. So Maria talk about the driving forces and the restraining forces. And I really love how Melanie and I, when we talked about that yesterday, we all see the physics courses that we <laughs> follow in the past. So if you are like me and Melanie, go and write it in the comment. I'm curious to know if we are alone or if you see <laughs> these courses. Okay, there's a force in that <laughs> sense and in the other sense too. <laughs> I really love it. Okay, so then find first the driving forces. So the driving forces are the factors that are in favor of the proposed change or the ones that support the achievement or of the defined goal. So these are considered positive and usually include factors like advancing technology, increasing competition, opinion of the customer, and incentive. So in this step, your task is to brainstorm as many driving forces as possible with the team and list them in the, the field of the worksheet that you start with the objective in the middle and on the side, you work the driving forces. So, of course, you can turn to people outside the team. So, interview them, people who are specialized in the subject area to find the information you need during this step. So, it's important to identify as many of the factors that will influence the change as you can. So, uh, really, you can have a, a global analysis of the driving forces. Now we go in step number four, that is identify the restraining forces. So these are the factors that will block your path to achieving your goal. So they tend to restrict the impact of the driving forces. So for example, this may include the fear of the individual, organizational structure and negative attitude of team member. So the list of forces that are against changes should be listed on the other side of the objective you write on your worksheet. So one thing you need to keep in mind is not to be subjective when deciding which forces to add to the force field analysis and which one to leave out. So we go now in step number five is to evaluate the forces. And that's why it's so important that analysis is that step number five, you evaluate so you can evaluate the influence of each force by assigning them score. So you use a one to 10, one is extremely weak and 10 being extremely strong and assign each force a score based on the impact they have on the change initiative. So you can also assess the forces by focusing on the impact each of them may have. This way you can 
uh, assigning each force a score. Based on the effect they have, you can decide whether the proposed change is, vi is viable. So accordingly, you can discuss how you can influence the forces in favor of the change, and you can weaken the restraining force by strengthening the driving forces. So we go in step number six, is the last step, creating your action plan. So based on how you want to go about strengthening driving forces and weakening restraining forces, you can create a quick action plan. So this can help you clarify what needs to be done, who is responsible, the resources needed, and the due date you need to be concerned about. So that gives you really your action plan. So it can be used with issue, but it can be used if you have a decision to make. So you have really uh, anything, you can use this analysis. And I know Melanie Miller, you have some example on how to use this tool in the day life. Oh, Melanie, your mic is yes. not on. <laughs> yes, I know. I was just trying, and of course, and of course, my phone locked just at that point. So actually, while you were talking, Mary-Pierre, and since last night, uh, yes, I have an example that I want to read from a book. But um, it occurred to me as you were talking about it is that one of the big things that happens in some families, which some of you may be able to relate to, is when one of your children tells you that they're gay, right? Because now what you have is you have driving forces, which are you love your, your child, um, you know that it's okay, that it's accepted by society, um, and that you have a family unit that you want to keep together. But then you have those restraining forces. And the, the thing that occurred to me as you were talking, and I was trying to find my seven, seven habits of highly effective families, which I need to refer to a bit more. But it occurred to me that in situations like when a child tells you that they're gay, it could be that one of the partners has so much restraining force on them um, you know, quite often it's the male of the family um, who um, is so pulled by maybe religion, maybe by uh, societal pressures. Um, and then I would think that this process becomes extremely important where you have to be able to do the driving forces, the restraining forces, but more importantly, the outcome. Because I have seen many, many times, my daughter Violet has told me many, many times of situations where people haven't gone to the outcome. What they've gone is to their opinion. And, you know, the child has ended up being ejected from a family. So for me, that is the biggest example in a family situation of driving and restraining forces. But what Covey says, and I, it's a different Covey, Stephen Covey, who is uh, Sean Covey's uh, son, he says, whether you're building a home, designing a product, providing a service, or improving a marriage, the principle of valuing differences to achieve synergy applies. And I'm seeing it at the moment because Alan and I are redesigning our kitchen. 
right? And so we have to value each other's differences. And he'll say, well, why did you need that? You know, and then I'll be able to give a rational answer. So if we're able to buy into the principle, why don't we practice it more often? The primary reason we fail to achieve synergy in our projects and relationships is because our personal security is threatened. Think about the gay situation, right? It's not that the parent, it may be really, and he's worried what his friends are going to say. He's worried that somebody's going to say, well, they must have got it from somewhere. Maybe you're gay, right? And so there's the whole sort of background things. Our security is fragile if it is based on the need to be right. We've all come across right people, right? Doesn't matter what the argument is, they have to be right, right? I often say to my husband, okay, you're right, dear. You're right, because it's not that he really needs to be, but I don't want to argue anymore, right? Um, <clears throat> at the root of the ability to fully value and celebrate difference in others is having our own personal security to a shared vision, a common purpose and integrity based on principles. If your security is there, you can improvise, adapt, flow, change, and easily admit I was wrong because you're not taking everything personally. How many times Maria has talked to us as directors and say, don't take this personally. Like everybody feels when Maria's talking to us that she's talking to us, right? Because it's just the way she, uh, she manages to do that. So I just want to tell you a little story. He tells a story about my son Joshua once tried out for the quarterback position on the freshman football team at high school. He talked to me one day about how his confidence was a product of his performance. I told him your performance will be a product of your confidence if your confidence does not come from football, but from living correct principles being very caring about your team members, working as a team, improving daily, being very honest with the coaches and learning to value differences to achieve positive energy and synergy on the team. And he tells his dad about, um, he said his dad didn't think he was listening, but he tells his dad about the story of a, a, another guy who was trying for quarterback and he had a terrible uh, session and he was so upset because he put his value based on his performance at football. And he and, and this uh, Joshua, he didn't want to take his position on the team, but he also needed to do the best thing for the team. He was his best friend. So what he did was talk to the coaches and talk to his friend, and together they worked out that each of the two boys had different strengths. And yeah, sure, one of them could be the quarterback, but the other one could be the big support to the quarterback, depending on who was quarterback at the time. And by using their combined um, qualities, they were able to come out with the best solution for both Joshua, his friend, and the team. That is what working with um, the restraining and uh, driving forces can achieve in synergy. Melanie Miller, it is such a privilege to have you 
do this podcast with me. I don't know about you guys, but this is what we call tying the bow at the end of a subject. Okay. Knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. And, you know, when you go with, with Marie Piage as a master's in, in biology, I always say my, my astronaut. And now we add it to our podcast, Melanie Miller with a doctorate degree. Guys, guys, you got, you would pay thousands of dollars to get a training of 30 minutes, like literally a thousand dollars to get training of 30 minutes of this caliber. And you're here on the podcast, the millionaire of the diamonds for free. So I've got the experience of 40 years in multi-level marketing. You have a master's degree here, a doctorate's degree here. And it was a drop the mic performance, Melanie Miller. Those examples blew me away. Like even for me, all of a sudden the world would be such a more beautiful place if everybody would be using this kind of approach. Thank you, my friend. Such a privilege. Such a privilege to have you in my life. I know I'm going to finish my years of life with you always in my life. I love it. So in closing, force field analysis is an effective tool to assess the positive and the negative forces that can affect any situation. Who wants to be legendary? Raise your hands. It's the only way to do it. You want to have a family that's legendary, that sticks together no matter what, this is the way you do it. You want to have a company that's legendary, this is the way to do it. You want to have friendship that's legendary, this is the way to do it. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. If you enjoyed, please, 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 what are you going to do? Hit the share button. Hit the share button. Directors that are, are in our multi-level marketing business, Please, please, please do a challenge in the first, I don't know, 100 days of the year. Those that attend the podcast with you, Monique, we have the, um, the challenge for attendance. This could be part of the attendance that you can do because I know Nathalie Brochu, she just showed up. Where's Nathalie Brochu? I saw her showing, showing up. She drives her personal team to assist the podcast. Can you imagine? how much less work it is for a leader if they attend the podcast for free, for free, for free. Thank you once again. Love you guys. See you at the French rally tonight or tomorrow night in English. I just want to add right after the podcast, me and Marie Pierre are going to do the live draw, the live draw bilingual for the Cancun Moon Palace. And it's going to be our new thing in 2022. The draws that are for French and English will be done live with the, with the, the, I love that. Okay. Bye-bye everyone. Thank you. (laughs) I'm so excited.